So tell me more. Yeah, that's the podcast, and I'm your host, Brett Johnson. We're in the Steelton Village studio in the stable in Columbus, Ohio. Welcome to the initial episode of Tell Me More. My guest in this podcast is John Malley from Ohio Equities. He's the man to talk to about being a part of the fort. If you're looking for space, this is a great space to be taking a look at the history and the look, the feel, and the growth of the downtown area of downtown Columbus and south of downtown Columbus. Uh, the fort is in the middle of it. John joined me in this podcast episode to talk more about what is going on at the fort, the stable, as well as some development news that is happening south of downtown Columbus that the fort is right in the middle of. Let's jump right into the episode talking with John about the fort. Got introduced to Justin McAllister and his company Fortner, who I had, you know, long been aware of and long admired, you know, what they do in the furniture upholstery business. And they were on Johnstown Road. So they had two buildings on Johnstown Road, about 10,000 square foot each, um, over there near the airport by Bexley. And they just knew they needed to get everything under one roof. So that was kind of the first challenge that, that Justin came to me with was like, how do I either you know, we got to make a move. We got to find a building that we can get these these operations under one roof because he was growing the commercial side of his business. Um, had historically been more of a residential upholsterer, and then when he took over, really drove it towards more of the commercial um, side of the business through, you know, all the fashion and mm-hmm. limited and just being a part of all those big businesses out there. Right. And so we found the fort um, on our search for fifty thousand square feet. We ended up with a building that was two hundred and thirty-two thousand square feet. And uh, and I guess just promised him that that time that you know this extra this extra you know building space this extra square feet will not be a problem. Like, well, this is this is a good thing, and we felt like we were buying it right as well. We felt like the price and the um, the location and just being on High Street, you know, it was really a historic like landmark location that that worked for his business for now, and you know we could slow play the rest of the the project and kind of figure that part out. So. Definitely appreciate, you know, his, uh, you know, energy and able ability to take on a risk like that, to, to, to take on a building of that size, you know, with just so many unknowns. Um, but I think in the long run, we both kind of saw Columbus kind of stretching south, coming down South High Street and saw other opportunities around it. So that's kind of, you know, the next the next phase of it was, you know, just seeing the, you know, the impact that we could make by you know, first transforming that building and bringing in new tenants and new energy, and then also just seeing how we could impact the area around us. Right. So when you were doing your research, you said you found lots of big spaces. So I'm, I'm assuming the fort may have had a little bit of history that drew you in as well, too. Talk a little bit about the, the history of this building that probably influenced you a little bit. I, um, with any commercial project that I get involved in, I can't really help but but dabble in what 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 was it used for before? You know, mm-hmm. in, in in the path of trying to find the highest and best use for a building, you got to kind of look in the history and look in the auditor and kind of see what was there before. And um, I think with the fort, that's what was so intriguing: how they built fire trucks in this building, going back to 1895. You know, they're making fire trucks, and almost almost like Henry Ford had done it by bringing every aspect of the the automobile creation under one roof with the assembly line Seagraves um, fire apparatus company had brought every aspect of that fire engine build 
to this building. And that's how you see the, the growth of it, how they just kept expanding the building and adding additional buildings up to what I think five. A total of five or five six. Buildings. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that was pretty cool just to see um, in, in the history that they had documented as well. I mean, there's a whole book on it of, of Seagraves in that building. And so here as we're showing tenant spaces, we're like, and here's what they used to do here. So nice. pretty incredible history there in the building and, and just a lot of good bones, you know, great hardwood floors, you know, exposed brick walls everywhere, um, exposed beams, you know, high ceilings in general, you know, throughout. So we just, we didn't have a trouble at all filling the first floor spaces of the building pretty quickly. And then, and then really just the second and third floor spaces are what, you know, you kind of had to think, think on a little, little further and how we approach those. Let's take a quick break from the interview with John to do a, a bit of a deep dive. That's why we call it Tell Me More and talk about the fort and its history of making fire engines. Well, Fred Seagrave's first ladders were made in his Michigan shed, but it was a buggy manufacturing town, Columbus, Ohio, where Fred found an interest in his product. In 1892, he made the move partnering with Julia Stone, banker and owner of the Ohio Buggy Company. They formed the Seagrave Company and moved to 2000 South High Street, calling it home for 63 years. They survived the Depression and ended 1949 with equipment back orders totaling over $2 million. Profits drove diversification, new partners and products. Eventually, the fire apparatus side of the business needed a capital outlay for a new plant and tooling. It was profitable, but not as much as the other divisions. And in 1963, the fire engine operation in Columbus was sold to the FWD Corporation, and in 1965, FWD moved the operation to its headquarters in Clintonville, Wisconsin. The Seagrave Company was based at 2000 South High Street, as I mentioned here in Columbus, Ohio. The plant on High Street was a collection of buildings dating back to 1895. The buildings one and two, a series of six buildings. So buildings one and two were built that year to house the Columbus Carriage Company. The buildings were of brick and mill construction, that is brick and timber. Uh, a brick exterior supported the outside edges of the beams and wood columns supported the inside butt joints of the beams. In many areas, the ceiling was 13 feet or less. That's what you're going to see as you take a tour of the fort, which is really cool. Building one was built in 1895. It's 11,000 square feet on the first floor and 5,000 on the second. The structure housed the Smith shop, quote unquote, or rough assembly on the first floor and lumber storage above. Building two built in that same year, 1895, 11,000 square feet on the first floor, a little bit bigger on the second floor, 8,000 square feet. Painting was done on the first floor. The second floor housed the wood pattern shop, saw sharpening shop, machine shop and dining room. Building number three built in 1910, it housed items from the old plant on Lane Avenue that was phased out earlier that year. The first floor was used for final decorating. The second and third floors contained engineering and administrative offices. Building number four completed in that same year of 1910. These original buildings formed a U-shape pattern. Its 35,000 square feet were devoted to erecting and testing on the first floor, machine shop on the second floor, and the third floor inspection and time study. Building number five, completed in 1928, that has over 23,000 square feet total area. The first floor was a stock room, and the second and third floors were pre-assembly and tool storage. Then building number six, 
also built in 1928, that was devoted to sheet metal and frames on the first floor. Second floor was cab and aerial ladder development. Other outbuildings in a picture shown on the fort's website were the powerhouse and foundry. Seagrave moved the foundry into buildings across High Street then in 1952. All this information is found on the Fort Columbus website and wanted to do a deep dive for you during this interview. Now let's get back to John. It's amazing what old is new again. Oh, that, 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 that we didn't have that eye for that old space initially because we're like, ah, we want all new, we want all new. And all of a sudden, like, this is cool space. Yeah, there's no question that uh, exposed brick and beams are what everybody's looking isn't that, for. And then amazing. I yeah. think it's driven by social media. Like, you know, it's like, is it Instagram worthy? Like, people want Good a space point. that they can Instagram with. You know, mm-hmm. they, they want to be able to showcase their product and and their team, and, and they want to, you know, retain employees. They want it, they want it to be in a place where it's cool. A cool space. A cool space. Right. Yeah. Well, then that, that leads me to, you know, the concept of the fort. You know, for those who haven't looked into what the space has to offer tenants, talk a little bit about what, when you give tours to potential tenants, what are they looking for? What are you offering? What's that vibe? And and maybe it's one of those you kind of know if it's going to be a fit for them as well too before they walk in or do walk in or you know through that conversation. Talk a little bit more about that. Sure, the fort's definitely been a, a lead generator, right? There's a ton of people that really want to know, you know, what's going on there. When will it be ready? How much do you have available? And and that's what's um, you know, and to an extent, a challenge because we have a lot of available space, you know, remaining that just is going to require an extensive build out to get the HVAC and the electric, you know, everything where it needs to be. But we were very, you know, lucky early on to fill out a lot of the smaller spaces that we had that already had, um, you know, closed off areas kind of at the end of the building. We, we were able to, we were able to go with the, the path of just not changing any of the existing, you know, exits and thoroughfares that that kind of, yeah, kept things the same. Um, so that we weren't, you know, changing any of the fire escape paths and everything. So kept kept safety in mind, of course, first, and and filling out those spaces that, uh, y- you know, were already well positioned with, mm-hmm. you know, big windows and, and 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 finding clients that didn't need, you know, a ton of renovation to to fit their business and and trying to keep the cost down for for them as well. So trying to create affordable spaces and and then having that that sense of community that everybody wants. You know, people love being around other entrepreneurs and other other people doing cool things. So another piece of the history of the Fort, you know, before the Fort, it's that concept of innovation. Sure. And I think the Fort's embodying that in a huge way. Absolutely. And so is the city of Columbus right now. I mean, that's what's exciting to be in the place where we're at right now with all this growth happening all around us is that we're kind of in the right place at the right time. Um, yes, with a history of incredible innovation. I mean, even all our tenants, right? It's like that creative innovation, you know, district that we all, you know, strive to create. Um, but we really do feel like we have available space that's like kind of ready to go for that right lab space or that right, um, you know, we're, we're all talking about these suppliers of Intel and what, mm-hmm. what could what could come, who will follow them and, and, and where are they going to go? And, and the cost of construction also puts us in a good, a good spot as well because we already have that, that space built and it's just a matter of finishing it out and uh you know adding the adding the pieces of it for for that next company that that we can fill we have um gosh close to thirty-two thousand square feet available right now on the north side of the building um you know sixteen thousand square feet available in the the big white 
building there at 2050. So we can really accommodate just about any square footage need within that range. So it's exciting right now. I mean, there's a ton going on in Columbus. I don't know. I don't know where we're going to find all the workers and the <laughs> materials and everything to, to build everything that's planned right now in Columbus, but right. it's like the right place at the right time. Right. I think buildings that are similar to the fort and the fort itself are going to be able to take advantage of that because it's a quick move in. Sure. You know, the Intel timeline is a pretty quick turnaround. You know, really the ground's is. broken. It, it's it's being built right now, and all those extra businesses that are going to bring in the extra 100,000 employees are feeding Intel, and they don't necessarily have to be on campus. Sure. They could be anywhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're 30 minutes at the most, you mm-hmm. know, from there right here. So so certainly a great opportunity, and um, hopefully we can, you know, bring those people to the south side of Columbus and try to rebuild this area that was kind of historically a manufacturing area and it can it can also participate in that right. in that excitement and that growth you know and speaking of that too that also gives any access to any you know cities and businesses that are south of columbus that just want to kind of get closer to downtown columbus this is an opportunity for them the businesses in, yeah. in grove city groveport southern part of franklin county or you know any counties northern but they just didn't want to be in downtown Columbus, but they need access to Columbus. The fort's perfect for that too. It's a great location. So this whole area down here just kind of is, is set up for, you know, for growth here in the next five years. So I'm excited to see what it'll, what it'll turn into, what, what we can create. So what types of businesses do you think are going to be a good fit for the fort? I think we have an incredible opportunity to, you know, fit a lot of different things down here. You know, if you're having trouble finding something anywhere else in you know, central Ohio, like come take a look because the retail spaces that we have are incredible. I mean, um, the ceiling height, the the potential for square footage on the first floor right at the front of the building is a great opportunity right now for, you know, I hate to say add another tap room or another social, you know, um, you know, social concept there, but we, we just have a lot of room. We have new um, new zoning in place now. So we have assembly zoning along about 12,000 square foot of space, you know, that could be available within the coming year, which is a tough thing to do. And when you're looking for, again, these social spaces. So, you know, we probably have room for, um, you know, gosh, you get into like some of the high demand things these days, you know, salons and um, just just retail is getting a little more challenging, I feel like in the in the market. But um, we really have room for all kind of creative ideas. It's like, you know, I think we say it best. It's like bring your bring your ideas, you know, down to the fort, and we'll see if we can, you know, find a way to make them fit. Seems like a good fit for that destination type of business, where maybe, like you said, sure. a salon. You're going maybe once a week, once a month, whatever the situation might be, or it's a once a week event scenario. Yeah, you know, it's a good way versus a daily retail possibly. But and as the area changes, develops, yeah. exactly as the area develops, so a, a daily retail could work out really well. Yeah, we definitely um, have a need for some food down here. We have, mm-hmm. we have, um, yeah. you know, city winery coming, which will have a full kitchen, you know, full event space, you know, they'll be doing weddings and live music, you know, multiple times, you know, a week, a month. I mean, they have a lot of, a lot of great programming that they do. So it really leaves us um, a ton of opportunity for new retail to, to surround you know, the rest of these first floor spaces and right off the parking lot. So some great, some great spaces. Yeah. And the turnkey of developing the space that's here, probably a lot quicker than most developments. Well, sure. Other than building straight from the ground up. 
yeah, it, we, they're already the space and redo it. Really ready. It's just kind of yeah. like demising them that where they need to be based on you know people's square footage needs. But but you're right. I mean, the raw the rawer they are, the better you know for a lot of tenants. You know, they want to keep everything exposed. Um, so right. so right. we've we've got a few done that we can um, that we can showcase to people just how they how they will look. Right. So so really tons of flexibility. Yeah. Around the building. And then the creative team that you have around that, sit down and just map it out. Absolutely. Like we, Justin and Kyle over there are working with some incredible architects that definitely have a good plan together for how this all works and the wayfinding and, you know, just how, how these businesses, whether it's a destination retail or, you know, every day, I think uh, they would all be successful down here. Right. And so you talked about um, the, the, the multiple floors going up bigger space and such. So um, are you looking at developing that differently up there or is it going to be a larger space available because it's open space? How are you looking at that? We've approached this a couple different ways. We certainly understand there to be a big demand for smaller spaces right now. Um, just companies, you know, size-wise, it can be across the board, but I think our next plan is to try to fill out some of those second and third floors with, you know, four to 6,000 square foot, you know, users and, and trying to attract some big, some big companies here in the coming, you know, year with the addition of city winery here next door and honest friend brewing. We find, we feel like we finally have these amenities that, that we've needed in order to attract, you know, the right companies of the right size. So Mm -hmm. to get some, some anchor tenants in the office spaces is, um, is part of the current plan. And then also continuing to fill out the remaining smaller spaces with, you know, cool, whether it's startups or just, you know, smaller businesses that, that need exactly what we have over there. All right. You had mentioned to me earlier, too, about the opportunity of starting here and then leaving. I mean, you've got some attrition, which is yeah. good because you need a starting place and you just can't find it immediately. But this is a great place to start. It is. And we've seen that. It's been great. I mean, companies like Planthropy. Um, operated out of that space and allowed them to grow out of their first space into the fort. And then they grew it, grew into six, 7,000 square feet over at the fort. And then they went on to buy their own building. So it's like, wow. it's great when you see that too. Yeah. As we're talking today, it's such a strange work from home, go back to work situation that a lot of people want to work from home, but I think they're realizing I don't want to work from home. Sure. But it seems like the fort has that middle ground opportunity that you're not you're going back to work. You you have office space, but it's it's a different kind of office space feel to it. You're almost at yeah. the right place at the right time for the fort. And there's a homey feeling to it. I, I know like you don't you don't really feel like you're at work when you're when you're over there. And I've I've heard other tenants say that. Yeah. They they go in there and they put in a lot of time and then they, they go home. You know, right. it's um there's a flexibility, you know, to it also where it's you know, available 24-7. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of open spaces where people are able to break out outside of their own private office space and, and utilize it for other, you know, creative things or photographer, photographers are always, mm-hmm. you know, kind of bouncing around the building and utilizing everything that it has to offer right. in terms yeah. of backgrounds and just different, different areas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you know, we don't want to forget about the stable as well. Let's talk about the space that's just across the street, which we're, we're you know, the yeah. studio is here. Yeah, the stable was a great addition to the fort, you know, early on going, mm-hmm. um, you know, as we really started to, to drive in that, you know, the acceptance of us being in Steelton Village and this mm-hmm. responsibility to, to Steelton, which is the, you know, going back, you know, to the 20s and 30s and 40s of what they called this area down here was, was Steelton. And, um, and, and this was really the heart of it from here over to Parsons Avenue. 
Um, there was a lot of businesses named, you know, Steelton, Steelton Furniture, Steelton Lumber. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then this was um, just another way that we could help anchor this area. And, and, and the fort um, has a underpass that goes underneath High Street here that leads right over here to the stable. And so as we realized the need for more parking, we realized the need to probably the, the way to expand would be over here to this side of the street. So the stable sat in between two other large sites, you know, to our north and south. So we knew that if we could, you know, control this building here at 2025, it would allow us to, you know, hopefully be in play to get the, the other land next door, which has all kind of worked out. And we've been able to assemble this into, you know, close to 30 acres now. Mm-hmm. Um, and the stable has become a pretty good anchor over here on this side of the street with um, Wild Ohio Brewing being the first tenant that we um, got in here into about 10,500 square feet. And they're doing great. So they're back there making tea beer. So, so Russell and the Wild Ohio team have been a great anchor for a long time. And um, right after they came in, we put in their distributor. So we had 17 star distri- distribu- distributing in here. So they were able to make their beer and push it right through to the back warehouse to their distributor. So, and then now they've, they've moved on and we have crew supply and tenant construction at the rear taken up that. So we have 33,000 square feet here and it's amazing that it's been able to get filled with, you know, close to 20 tenants. Yeah. So, yeah. and those are opportunities that you just can't find anywhere else. These, um, these smaller spaces that we have in the front, you know, you can look all day in Columbus and it's really hard to find something in the price range right. that we've been able to offer. It doesn't dawn on you until you've driven it a few times that the access from the fort and the stable to downtown Columbus, literally five minutes. Exceptional, right? Yeah, it, five it, minutes. You think it's forever to come down. It's like, oh, you're at 104 and High Street. It's like, no, it's pretty much five stoplights before you get to downtown. Right. And, it, and you're on the freeway at 104 right. to go any direction you want to go. Yeah. So the access the access to South, Groveport or Grove City or whatever, whatever, it's pretty easy. It just doesn't seem like it's – once you've driven it a couple of times, you take a tour and kind of go, this is not this far down South sure. at all. It's still – I mean, you, you do consider it downtown still. I mean, we're just, mm-hmm. just south of downtown. Until people get down here, do they really realize that, though, um, how right. convenient it actually is? Yeah. So – yeah. You look on a map, it seems like it's far away, but... It's not. Like I said, drive it a few times and you realize, okay, this is nothing. Well, this really is nothing. You know, and, and you'll drive around for five minutes looking for a parking spot. So you can come down here and get free parking. <laughs> you know, exactly. So, so there's definitely some uh, incentives that, right. you know, you got to explain to people. But um, I think in the long term, though, it's definitely really well positioned for, mm-hmm. you know, continued growth down here. And hopefully, you know, some more multifamily housing can kind of come into play mm-hmm. and we can you know, hopefully work on that, yeah. you know, housing, housing right. issue that Columbus is, is mm-hmm. having right now and just, just right. bring more people into this community. Exactly. Exactly. So what is the best way to contact you to get a tour for a better feel for this space? The best site to go to just to start off with the Fort is going to, um, you know, thefortcolumbus.com. And that, you know, takes you right to a website that tells you about all the tenants we have over there and, you know, a lot about the building and the history Dylan Mangus does a great job at, you know, highlighting the tenants through his blog, through that site. And mm-hmm. it's it's just really fun to, to get on there and kind of see what everybody's up to and what, what kind of businesses are in there because it really is pretty non-traditional, but it's become a great, you know, community, a good, good collective of businesses that yeah. 
Yeah. And you've got social media back in that community up as well, too. you got the Facebook sure. page with it, so you can jump on that to kind of see some activities going on as well. Yeah, and then um, the fort614.com is a place to really go on and see the plans and see all of our um, marketing material for the commercial leasing gotcha. and everything that we have going on. So Sounds good. I'll have all that in the show notes for connection, so you didn't have to write that down while you're driving and listening to this podcast. <laughs> so, <All right. laughs> John, thank you so much for being a part of the inaugural Tell Me More podcast. Sure. Um, we'll Thanks have, for being a tenant. Yeah, I, I, I'm loving it. it. It's it's working out really well. I'm excited to work with the tenants here at the fort and the stable, as well as you know anyone in the Stilton area. Quite frankly, if, if it's convenient for you to look at doing a podcast, the studio is open. Let's get it done. So that's why I'm why I'm here. Why we started up uh, here in August of 2022, and excited for the opportunity to to work with everyone and you guys too for you know the, the management and, and leasing this has been a for me an easy transition to get going really easy and well you know awesome. it's a joy working with you and it is a joy working with you um as i saw an interview with you someone uh, made a comment it's like it's the, it's the most friendly guy i've ever met <laughs> you know walking through and such like that so yeah that's that's very true um your your couple of tours with me were very patient as well as you know you you listen to what I was looking for, and I didn't even really know either at that point in time. But sure. you got a good idea once we got you know together for amount of time. You you knew what I was looking for, and it finally dawned on me what I was thinking about as well too. So because we initially started looking at the fort area, and it just things weren't clicking over there for me. And he said, you know what? Let's go over to the stable. There might yeah. be something over there. And once we walked in, it's like, yeah, this is probably better initially right now until I get things going in where I want to because uh, it, it just made sense for me. So I think the options are there for you. It's definitely worth the tour to ask questions. Even if you don't know what you're looking for, come to the floor, take a yeah. look. I think that's know? the key to commercial real estate, right? You yeah. got to listen to people on what they're looking for mm-hmm. and then if you're good at it, know off the top of your head, you know, where the right spaces are that they should be looking. You know, once you learn somebody's budget, um, square footage needs, timing, you know, yeah. you can kind of direct them in the right way. Right, exactly. Well, thanks again for being a part of the, the initial episode of Tell Me More. Hey, thank you. As I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, there are some additional details of what's going on at the fort. The fort and the owners are filing a, for a zoning change to allow a multifamily portion of the plan to advance on the west side of High Street across the street from the fort, basically on the stable side. They are currently seeking a larger development partner to take on the project so that they can continue to focus their efforts on the east side of the street. Although the plans are still evolving, they're excited to add this residential dimension to the community. It's their hope that this new population will strengthen the businesses on the east side of the street, as well as bridging the gap between them and the Rapid 5 project. I will have all the links to the Rapid 5 project as well as the press release around this zoning change and the development in the podcast show notes, but some really great and exciting news coming from south of downtown Columbus around that fort area as well as the Steelton Village area. Thanks for listening.